0: Hey besties, welcome to SDT Time. time. I am your host, Athena, aka the SD Bestie. And this is a podcast where I share all of my tips and tricks and spill the tea on the beauty industry woes and foes and help you grow your business individually as a solo esthetician. Welcome to the first episode of STT Time. Um, I'm going to share a little bit of tea about me today. So, a big question that I get asked all the time is, how did you get started in the beauty industry? Well, let me tell you. It was not intentional. I can promise you that. I started out in spa, front desk. I was a customer service slash spa agent, I scheduled appointments, I helped estheticians break down and set up their rooms, I managed their schedules, I did the ordering of supplies, and I worked my way up, and that's all about 10 years back. Now, in between all that time, I realized that as a spa agent, and as many of us realize Once we start working for a company or for corporate somewhere else, there's a cap on what you can potentially make. So as a single mom in Key West, I was capped out at my next adventure. So I had two choices to make. I could either leave my spa operations position and find a spa director position on the island or... I could transfer over to the customer service side and work front desk and operations, and then I would have a little bit more of a ceiling and a ladder to climb for corporate. I made a lateral move. I moved from spa management to front desk management and worked my way up to hotel GM. So after I worked my way up to GM, which is general manager, if you're not already aware of that, I got my hands really, 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 really dirty and messy in the back end of the business. And that's the extranet services, the booking, the marketing, the revenue analysis, the projections for profit, the sales side, the building out the websites and functionality and working with booking.com and Expedia, hotels.com, all of it. Or multi million dollar budgets. And it was amazing. And I loved it. However, all good things come to an end because at the end of my five year relationship with my GM position, I burnt out. I was working 80 plus hours a week in Key West, where I knew I was never going to be able to afford a home by myself as a single parent. And I decided to make the move to the St. Pete area. So I bought a condo. I decided to renovate that and hike on up here, right? So I did that. I took my son. I took my self. <laughs> I came up here. I found a condo. I, I renovated it. And then um, I met my spouse. Wow, wow, wow. No, I'm kidding. He's amazing. Um, you'll see him all the time on my Instagram. He is active duty Navy, so shout out to all the not military, military spouses, um, and Navy veterans and all of you who have um either stayed in the military or left the military and those of you that we've connected through. Social media, because that brings us together. I love it. There's lots of companies out there that are um, mill spouse owned, especially in the beauty industry that don't get enough credit. It's so hard to start a business as a military spouse when they're on active duty because they are moving and relocating every three to four years. If you're lucky, you get to stay somewhere that long. Um, But that's like a whole nother story. So anyways, let me get back to the tea of me. So I decided that when I moved up here, because we got orders to transfer up here, I was going to go to school for aesthetics and began my PMU journey for brows and ombre brows. So for microblading, nanobrows, ombre brows, powder brows, 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 brows. I thought I wanted to be a lash and brow artist. Um, I'm still a brow artist. I am not your lash girl. Love my lash artists out there. Don't hate me, but I am just, it's not for me. It's not my tea. That's okay. We all have our little niche, right? And then when I did my training for PMU, I realized that there was no regulation. My trainer is amazing. I'm just going to let you know that right now. That is not what this is about. However, there is no regulation on who can train whom in the PMU industry, at least in Florida, all you need is a $60 tattoo license and a place to do your work and a biohazard certification. That's it. Done. That's it. I know. I know. I'm sharing the tea. I'm telling you, it's scary out there. And that's why we're seeing a lot of these scary 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 brows and if you're a brow artist I highly suggest learning saline removal or tattoo removal or getting in contact with a great laser removal location so that you have places to recommend and learn how to do corrections but that's my tea and my two cents on that we're going to go back to what made me go to aesthetic school so after realizing that there was absolutely no regulation on who can train who There's no real certification process. Yes, you need a tattoo license. Yes, you sign some paperwork and pay $60. And then you're done. You're good to go. You can do whatever you want, right? I was like, oh my goodness. What am I doing to somebody's skin? And I'm like the full circle person, the full analysis. Like, okay, if somebody asks me this question, what am I going to be able to answer? If I can't answer that question, should I be doing this service? Should I be doing this to somebody's face? Maybe I am going to become part of the problem if I don't, you know, take the time to educate myself fully and invest fully in being a qualified artist by knowing what I'm doing to somebody's skin. Because, yeah, tattooing is great, but tattooing the face is completely different than tattooing your arm, tattooing your leg. Even those body parts are different. So I went back to school for medical aesthetics and... I wanted to learn more about the skin that way. So I'm in school, I'm doing my thing, I am learning, I am thriving, I'm making friends, I'm making foes, whatever it is. You know how aesthetic school can be sometimes. It can be great, it can be awkward, especially if you're used to like, a traditional schooling sense and then you're just thrown into a room full of multiple different perspectives on the beauty industry. Like everybody already has what they think they're going to be doing when they go into school and then some people will change and switch. Like some people who really wanted to do lashes like me ended up not wanting to do lashes at all. Some people who ended up, you know, wanting to do medical aesthetics, ended up not wanting to do medical aesthetics at all. And they wanted to stay more on the spa side of things. And that is totally cool. Um, So when you're thrown into their non-traditional schooling sense and you're expecting all these things to be structured and cohesive and very, like, particular and that doesn't happen, you kind of get like a a, a culture shock, I want to say. And that's kind of what happened to me. So I'm going through school. I have my culture shock. I meet my friends. I meet my foes, you know, whatever. And then the pandemic happens. Woe is me. Here's another COVID story. No, I'm kidding. The pandemic happens and our schools shut down. I mean, they went completely virtual. So in April of 2020, we're done with school. I mean, graduating online. And by online, I mean, it was like via the phone. Thank goodness we had completed the amount of hours that we needed to complete in person prior to this happening. But I know a lot of people that really suffered um, in their educational, you know, instances through being completely virtual. I mean, it's hard. I mean, we're hands on people. We got to see it to believe it. We got to practice it we have to get the education while we're doing it that there's a there's a reason why we are who we are and succeed in technical school and make that adjustment from traditional school to the technical side of it and are successful is because we're visual learners we're actually in person visual learners and there's just a separation most of the time where either you can switch that part of your brain on or you don't have that And that's okay too. So I even in the the industry today, like I have some really close people that I keep, you know, in my circle that I know have graduated online and they are super, super successful and well-educated and they have taken the time to educate themselves on a multitude of different modalities, machines, products. Um, They've taken extra courses. I mean, to be honest, I've taken... Probably the same amount that I spent on school, I have taken that amount of extra and by amount, I mean, monetary and time wise. Time is money, but money is money. First and foremost, um, I've taken the same amount of time outside of school to gain extra certifications that I had spent in school and enrolling. And that's just the truth. I mean, that's just part of it. And that's part that I feel like we are unaware of, or we're blindsided by, and maybe that's just a lack of research or knowledge, or just you know expecting schools or aesthetics education to be a little bit different. And every school is different, and every state's different. There's it's hard to find an actual bottom line, a medium line on a graph. Like, okay, is this school good? Is this school bad? Is what do you compare it to? Because no two schools are the same, so you can't really have comparatives, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can look at the cost of it, but they're all pretty much in line with the same cost. They're all pretty much in line with the same amount of hours, um, generally speaking. But at the end of the day, you get the same license. So how do you make your decision based off of not knowing what the median should be? So yeah, so that's how I ended up in aesthetics. And then during COVID... When our licenses were on pause, we couldn't work. I couldn't use my PMU license to work on people. I had my studio space that I was splitting with a friend, but I couldn't see anybody because, you know, COVID and our licenses, we weren't allowed to see people. So I decided to hop on Etsy and start creating products that I had been thinking about for quite some time. And I finally just put the pedal to the metal and started pushing out the products that I had been designing. introducing the cryo glam globe and that's when i started patent pending so you'll have to stick around for the next episode to hear all about how i went patent pending with the cryo glam globes which are ice globes with glitter or anything inside of them if you want to learn some more it's a really good story i promise you're not going to want to miss the next episode So I will see you next time. We will chat about how I went patent pending, how I started out on Etsy and how I started all of my product research and sourcing and bringing this stuff to estheticians all during a pandemic before I went out on my own as a solo esthetician before I got my license. All right. I'll see you next time.